It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. That would be our cue to talk. The Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. We have a guest today, so Brady, really about quickly, time. <laughs> tell us about the golf outing. Golf outing, August 20th, the Elks, 8.30 start. Uh, I think it's $85 a person now, so that's, what, 340 for a team. Um, we have a lot of cool prizes you can win there. We have golf bags you can win. Um, a lot of local spirit wear that you can't really get a ton of places, so that will be that'll be cool. We are we have people signing up, so spots are starting to fill up. Let us know you can fill the form out online. And I think that's about it. Yep, go to getstuckonsports.com to look at the uh, form, and uh, we'll be back with uh, Ryan Ratchy next. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low e-glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. 
Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. DuraClean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call DuraClean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and a special guest is uh, Coach Ryan Ratchie. And uh, I guess we'll probably start with softball because that was the most recent, but I'm sure we'll talk some basketball too uh, in here because. Well, you do both at Marysville. Yes. Well, first off, <laughs> good morning, and it's uh, great to see you guys here, and thank you for having me on the show. And I also would like to thank you for all of your efforts this year for local sports, not well, only not only our teams, <laughs> but everybody around. I've just heard so many good things about people enjoying the uh, exposure and recognition for all the efforts that these players and coaches and schools have put in. And uh, you guys just have a first-class uh, treatment of them, <laughs> and it's just so cool. They, their eyes light up and their ears light up when they get to, when they get to hear you, you know, whether it's off to the side <laughs> at the day of the game or listening back to it. So just a really cool thing, and so thank you for all, everything you've done for the local sports. Well, I, I have to thank the Smith family because they're <laughs> probably my biggest supporters during <laughs> softball season. Well, it also helps <laughs> when you have some really good teams, when you have teams make runs to the state finals. Thank you for the kind words, but – yeah, it's a lot easier when you can talk about a team that really, and all year we talked about it, people in this area knew Marysville softball was good, but not getting a lot of love around the state and, well, played for a state championship. It was a heck of a run. Uh, I guess we'll start with the fact that you didn't get a lot of love. Did, did you play into that as a coach, like kind of the disrespect card, I would say? Uh, I, I don't really think so. I, you know, we just tried to play the toughest schedule that we could mm-hmm. get, and uh, if you stack ours up against uh, other teams around the state, I, I think you know we played a lot of teams in the MAC Red and at our other tournaments. Uh, there were there were just uh, you know tough games. That even starting with our first tournament, Emily City had a great run in the postseason and a really strong team, and and we played the you know Anchor Bay and uh, like I said, several teams in the MAC Red and uh, a lot of. In our tournament, we played all Division One schools. So uh, a lot of the teams at the end of the year, when I looked in the top ten rankings for Division One and Division Two, we we had played them. And so um, you know, we can't help what people are gonna gonna say, but we just know that we wanted to uh, challenge ourselves and see where we would stack up. And it was fun that we got a chance to keep playing those teams as we went along. I think probably pretty early in the season, you knew you had a good team. What point did you go? Ooh we've got a really good team and maybe we can make a run at this. Well, just every day in practice, I would say, I I just could see, you know, uh, how hard they were working, which obviously you need that and you need uh, the talent and maybe equal to all those things was their ability to 
not get phased by whatever was happening in the game. And and uh, we had you know great pitching and defense and hitting and speed, and we won games all kinds of ways. You know, sometimes you got to scratch a run, and sometimes you can hit well, and sometimes it's your defense. And uh, the fact that we could do each of those things really was a good indicator that there's ways to win games, even if one uh, you know one part of that wasn't working as well as as on any other day. Well, coming into this year, it was almost like a hard reset on baseball and softball in high school. You didn't get a last year, so a lot of these girls that contributed were freshmen the last time you had a softball season. So I don't think a lot of people knew what they were going to have. How long did it take you to figure out exactly what each girl could do? Because you know the difference between a freshman athlete and a junior athlete is, is huge. And how weird was it for you to kind of almost start from scratch? Well, it's, it definitely was uh, really strange, that long break. I mean, I think it was almost two calendar years between our softball season because mm. we didn't have one the year before. And so that was just, uh, you know, unfortunate for the girls that didn't get a chance to, to finish their senior years. And then the other ones missed out on an entire year. But we definitely were thankful for uh, everything we were able to get this year. And we didn't mind, you know, going in for testing every, every Monday morning and, mm. Uh, it was just great to see the girls back out there able to play. And a couple of years ago, we were fortunate to win districts, and we had a young team then. We had you know several freshmen mm-hmm. on there, but we also had key upperclassmen, and some of which had graduated. And then uh, so we knew we had you know we knew a good amount of the ones that were coming back. And then we added some uh, just <clears throat> some other players that it was their first year in varsity, and we didn't know how they would you know contribute. And uh, every one of them did in their own way. And that was that was a big key. You know, some we ended up having several freshmen even that uh, played quite a bit for us. You know, the, the, and we talked about this kind of behind the scenes. I'd come up and tease you before games, and because uh, because you're you're the one, you never give it away. Um, you're you're calm and you're just always. Uh, when, when I talk to Coach Ratchy, it's always we just hope we can win an inning today. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how we approach every game but, like that. Can we win one inning, <laughs> one at a time? <laughs> but uh, w- w- your lineup, top to bottom, like there wasn't an easy out. And I'm not saying that every kid hit 700 or whatever. But it's just there wasn't an easy out, and I did a lot of your games. I did like 15 or 16 of your games, did the whole playoff run. And, and it's somebody different, too, every game. If somebody at the top doesn't hit, somebody at the bottom was hitting or somebody in the middle of the lineup. And if the middle of the lineup wasn't driving in the run, the top of the lineup was driving in the runs. Uh, you, you just had so many players contribute all season long. And like I said, everybody's a tough out. Yeah, we definitely were were blessed with a deep deep lineup, and uh, like you mentioned, sometimes the top of the order, you know, the top of the order seemed like they always got on, and sometimes you know the middle knocked them in, and sometimes the uh, latter half they they took turns doing the same thing, and so I'd say since I've been here, this is the deepest lineup that that we've had, just all throughout the order, they all uh, you know had different uh, strengths that they that they played into, and that really helped us, and we honestly had several kids on our bench that that would have been you know starting in some of the other years that we had and so just whether it was a pinch hit or they're running on the bases like everybody just really contributed and uh and it was just a total team effort well you mentioned a team effort and we're we kind of see from the outside perspective but it seemed like all the girls on your team would get genuinely excited for each other when like they knew okay 
one girl slumping, but she's one of the first ones out there with everyone else when someone at the bottom of the lineup or a backup hits a home run, things like that. It seemed like there was genuine camaraderie, and I'm sure you know, and I've been a part of teams that have that and teams that don't, and it makes a huge difference. One, you like coming to the ballpark, and two, it's just better than not having to dread all you don't have to worry about clicks and things like that. Yeah, you can't you can't overstate like the importance of that. And they uh, these girls really truly were. You hit the nail right on the head. They were extremely supportive of each other. And it's always easy to be happy. Like if you hit a line drive or you hit a home run or you make a diving catch. But to be just as happy when your teammate who may be out there in front of you at times does that 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 says a lot about the you know the person. And uh, these girls were just terrific teammates throughout the year always uh happy and uh supportive and uh had a smile on their face and if they weren't in the game they were doing you know we had girls that were working on all you know all the other little things I won't mention them all right now hmm. but all the other little things that contribute to winning that had just as a big of an impact on the, those days games and not everybody sees those they might just see the girl out on the field but uh that was just a huge huge part of our success well, when I figured it all out was you guys had the doubleheader up in Croswell. And where they had me set up where the power was was right up against the side of your dugout. And a lot of the girls, because home plate is right there, they're at that end while you're batting. And just to listen to the chatter from the dugout for each hitter that came up, it was equal for everybody. And then Emma Curtis comes up and hits a home run to center field. And the, just the reaction, like, you'd have thought you guys won the state championship right there, the way they reacted to that hit. And then, like, Croslex didn't have a chance the rest of the, the day. You slaughtered them in two games. Um, just because at that moment, you guys just caught fire. And then everybody hit. Everybody was just excited, and that excitement never left you for whatever, 14 innings or whatever it was that we played that day. Yeah, like – uh, just the fact that that you'd notice how how the loudness and the paying attention and the support all throughout the lineup uh, that that is just critical and and uh, some years is better than ours this year's uh, I'd never seen it better you know it was just amazing and uh, for Emma to come out there and crank that home run mm -hmm. and Emma gets so excited and any anything great that happens you know for her teammates and so it was really cool for her to get you know a, a great moment of excitement and that we could join her uh, in that and just uh like even when even when this team got out you know you can't just strike out and go back and feel bad about yourself like what was the strike zone and what kind of pitch was being thrown and just with the girls even when they got out talking to the next batter and talking to the people in the dugout uh, trying to help their team instead of worrying about like something that went wrong for them. And that is unique, and uh, that was really just uh, fun to watch as a coach. Well, one thing you mentioned earlier is how you approach the game, and I do think it's a direct reflection of your mentality because of all the coaches, you're as steady Eddie as it goes. You never get too high. You never get too low. You, you know what you're getting with your demeanor 99% of the time. And at least in the, especially the deeper part of the playoff run, the semifinals, finals, I know for the finals, I was talking to Dennis before he went on air. It was like two different mentalities. Owasso looked like they were ready to burst at the seams 20 minutes before the first pitch was even thrown. I could tell your girls were obviously very excited, happy to be there, but they kind of had a calmer demeanor. 
and I think if they don't have that, you know, Owasso jumped out, but the, the, the storming comeback, obviously you end up short, but that storming comeback doesn't happen if they don't have that mentality. And, Dennis, you saw more games than I did, but that helped you, I think, a lot throughout the season because you mentioned they didn't get down when the other team drove in a few runs. Yes, I think just uh, that, that mentality really helped us throughout the year. We'd, we'd started out, I think, like 12-0, and 0, but then we had three games that we lost in a row, and, and uh, we didn't play really bad in those games. And after each game, we try and think about what, what are some things that we can do better, and then what do you recognize about your teammates that they did great, and let's you know, mention those. And sometimes it was hard to think about things that we did wrong, and, and we might have even lost, and so that's kind of how it goes. But uh, I, we, you know, we just tried to keep – we just try to win one inning, you know, at a time, like, like Dennis mentioned. And uh, I really do believe that. And you just got to win another inning. And uh, I was just really impressed with the girls throughout the playoff run because a lot of times you start thinking about the repercussions of this at bat or this out or this game. And uh, I didn't really see that from our girls. They, they just, uh, you know, focused in on what they could do. And uh, at the end of the Linden game, we, it seemed like we were never really um, – like that it seemed like that we were in a good position to to maybe win that game but they had a great lineup with strong hitters and they had a girl on on first base and they could have tied it up in any second and so you can always you know focus on what might go bad but I thought our girls were did a great job of just thinking about what could go good and what can we can control and focus on those things uh another thing that I really like about this uh, team that that you had is that um every meeting at the mound didn't have to include you um, you get out to the mound and you've got people like Anna Oles and Kirsten Smith. The other kids listen. They talk. The other kids listen. The outfielders gather. Caitlin Kane talks. The other two girls listen. Um, you've got great leaders. That's, that's like you, I, you guys are mentioning all the great things about uh, these teams, and a lot of them haven't you know, even been about like their softball skills, and that kind of goes to show you what's needed in order to make the, the, the kind of run that they made this year. And uh, our seniors, you know, Kirsten is a senior, and Callie and uh, Mackenzie Smith, uh, you know, they all – they all came to enjoy it. And sometimes at the end of the year for seniors, they can get distracted by various things and graduation parties and, I mean, their, their open houses and things like that. And uh, they, th even after school was out, they came ready to play and, and helped us get things set up. And so uh, they were one of the ones that was generally happy for their teammates when they did well. So it's easy to, you know, listen to what, what they have to say and, and uh, you want to have success along with them. And same thing for Anna. She's, you know, she's, uh, got a great demeanor too, and she she wants to win, but she can can control a game out there uh, like no other. And she really uh, just has a, a big heart, and so it's easy to kind of follow along to these these girls who are so dedicated and uh, supportive of their teammates. And and uh, and what a luxury that they can kind of keep their teammates. Uh, and what they need to do, and they listen to them a lot better than me anyway, so it's good to see. <laughs> well, and well, first off, you mentioned Mackenzie Smith. Another example of the girls getting excited is when she hit that walk-off against St. Clair. That, I mean, it was, it was 9 a.m. on a Saturday. That was like 50 degrees outside, and they were as excited as could be for her because that was awesome. The other thing is you mentioned we haven't really talked about the softball skills, and I think one of the reasons why this run was so special, you have a lot of very good players but there was no generational superstar that everyone goes, you have to watch this girl. She's going to, she's going to go play at Arizona, and she's going to be this 
unbelievable and she's the, the bedrock of this team and she hit 50 home runs. You just had a lot of really good players that played together. And what's the old saying? Your total was bigger than the sum of your parts. You just had a bunch of girls that liked each other and could play really good softball. Again, you go through the infield from first to third, all really good players outfield. But again, no unbelievable All-American. Everyone in the state is like fearing them. And that was kind of what made this run so special. Yeah, I would just like to mention that you talked about the Mackenzie Smith, you know, mm-hmm. walk-off hit against St. Clair, and that that was that was kind of a good example of the team's mentality because we were basically losing like that entire game like early on, and not that we played that bad, but you know, St. Clair was smashing the ball and they had a great pitcher and great defense, and uh, you know, Avery Woodard made a couple diving catches in the outfield, mm-hmm. and a couple girls got on base, and you know, Mackenzie you know, Mackenzie knocked them in, and so just their ability to not not put their head down, you know, just says a lot about them. And and they gave them a chance to come back in in that game. And they kind of did that from one game to the next or even within any game this year. And, uh, like, uh, I would agree the, you know, the team was the, was our biggest superstar, you know, just the Mm -hmm. team. And, and so those, uh, girls, they, they could do all the things that a superstar could do. Mm -hmm. They just, uh, kind of took turns doing it. And, and it was good. No, but no one girl had to take everything on her own shoulders. And but definitely at times they did coming through with big hits and big pitches. And uh, you know just to see them do it on a big stage, they didn't always have to put everything on their shoulders. And I think that kind of that really helped everybody to to not have to just only look at one person. Like we can all do this together. Yeah, I'm sure if you take a one week sample, you'll get a week where okay, one week Kate Westmiller has. A dozen hits. The next week, it's Callie Perrin hit two home runs. Or Anna Oles had four doubles, drove in seven runs. It, Like you said, the team was kind of took turns being the superstar. Well, you play great defense. Um, your pitching got better and better. I, I, th- I think pitching finally caught up to the hitting. The, the first part of the season was just so ridiculous with how many runs were being scored. I remember the one day in the blue, you guys were the low-scoring game, and you played Chippewa Valley, and it was 12-9, to 9, and that was the low-scoring game of the day. Um, what was going on with the beginning of the season? Was it the fact that we missed a whole season and the hitting was just way ahead of the pitching for a little while? Yeah, I've, I've you know thought quite a bit about that. Like, what what is the reason? I think one of the days that we had a bye, uh, I went and watched the you know one of the teams playing our league, and you guys were doing the broadcast, and that was the day that it was like a three-hour game, and it was fr- freezing ice and snow, <laughs> and I could I could just watch from my car and listen to who was up there. I didn't have to go sit out in the snow. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was yeah that your game was what twenty four twenty my game was twenty two to nineteen that day and mine and was twenty four twenty twenty three twenty and yeah. the, I think the other game had almost forty runs also yeah. like all, had, all on that <laughs> terrible weather day which usually you'd think you know cold weather would be different and so I you know it's, I think it's a big combination of things but it definitely is exciting you know with one swing can just change anything but you still need people on base to you know to make those home runs count for more yeah geez from when you first started coaching saw I mean, even five years ago, you if you got to three or four runs, you were like, all right, we're set for the game. Now you need that like every inning basically, especially when you have two big slugging teams. Yeah, I, I think when I first started coaching, uh, I maybe saw like two home runs in a whole season, and that was including our team and every other team. 
And in, in fact, some of my players still give me a hard time, former players, about this, but one of the girls hit a home run on the other team, and not, a lot of our girls had never seen one. So as she's jogging by, they all, like, high-fived her. <laughs> so, of course, I, I wasn't really keen on that. <laughs> but, but, looking, but looking back, you know, that was, it was, they just were kind of enjoying the game of softball and, and appreciating that. So. But, uh, and then to go from that to where it's nothing to see two home runs in each game, uh, it's Jeez, quite a difference. I, uh, twice this year I saw the same girl hit two home runs in an inning. Wow. It happened twice. Ken Bomarito did yeah. it in Algonac, uh, and then Shea Van Scooter did it in the tournament against uh, North Branch. Yeah. And these home runs aren't wall scrapers. I mean, you see some that go – that are still going up when they cross the fence, and it's ridiculous. Like, I'm assuming something's going to have to happen with these bats because – you see girls hitting almost 300-foot mammoth shots. And well, you saw it with baseball, what, about 15 years ago? I bet you you see these bats calm down, and then you'll have records that are unbreakable. Well, you could see, like, all the, the home run records in the state have been set, you know, the oh, last yeah. couple of years, and now they're getting, you know, broken and yeah. matched. Just and and one team they said the top two hitters had 40. Yeah, that was played, Notre Dame prep, right? 40 home runs combined, which is, like, it's just amazing. And I, I and speaking of a, a moonshot, one of the games I think it was the Anchor Bay game that we we played, and we that was a game that kind of also that went back and forth. And uh, speaking of um, the team, you know, Kirsten Smith started pitching that game after a little bit. Anchor Bay's lineup is really really good. After a few a couple times through, maybe two or three, then uh, they started hitting her a bit, and then we switched to Megan Lenarski, and she came in and uh, you know and and uh, kept them. Uh, mostly in, under control, and we were able to win that game by one run, which was so cool. But uh, the moonshot I was going to mention was Callie hit one that game. It was foul, but uh, the umpire was talking about it like after the game. Like it was probably t- ten feet foul, but it went it went so far. And uh, there's uh, we've seen quite a few of those uh, just rockets. So hopefully the girls are ducking for cover. Or, or <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the two I saw, the one I saw Ali Shagney at Northern's Field. It one-hopped the fence, the residential fence back there, which right field at Northern's already deep enough. So I think we, I think I, we went on Google Earth and it was like 285 feet. And then I don't know if you've ever been to Saginaw Valley's softball complex. I saw Shea Van Scooter clear the soccer field bleachers, and I didn't see it land. So I don't know exactly. I have to imagine it was as far. It might have pushed 300 feet. This this is the this is the uh, impressive thing. These guys are not only broadcasting other games, but they're going on Google Earth and measuring <laughs> out home run distances. Now that is the research right there. Yeah, you got you got to do what you got to do. I just thinking in the the championship game in a driving rain, Kirsten Smith went straight away center field. That was a bomb, and then Callie's was a clothesline to right center field. So that's, you know, talking about a right-hand power hitter. You're thinking she pulls the ball, everything goes out to left. But I actually, she hit some mammoth home runs the other direction. And the the power to center field that kids have this season was ridiculous. But those two home runs were, like, really, you know, they kind of take your breath away when you you see a kid hit the ball like that. Yeah, so – and I would like to t- take a side note because we went to the semifinals in 2007, mm-hmm. and as we as we were playing, um, we went to the regionals, and then we went to the quarterfinals, and w- it was at Flint Kersley, and the field was 
was cool. You know, they had a tarp like the Tigers would have that could hmm. cover the whole infield. They had windscreens, which a lot of schools didn't have back then, and they had all the pennants in the you know blowing in the wind in the outfield, uh, and it was really nice. And so as we as we continued on, we had never been that far you know since I had been there. As we continued on, I thought the fields were going to keep getting nicer and nicer. <laughs> And then we go to the semifinals, which is the last four teams in the state, and it was in Battle Creek, and it was at like a you know a rec league softball field. Oh, yeah, it was that, a that complex uh, over there was something else. It was a snow fence for the outfield fence, like an orange snow fence, and then there was just two bleachers sitting there. And <laughs> and contrast that with the chance the girls got this year to go play down at Michigan State with you know a full enclosed enclosed bleachers and. Just, uh, you know, padded fences everywhere and just uh, first-class scoreboard and speaker system and everything like that. And just what a great experience that they, that they got to do that. Well, and the amount of fans that were there for that state championship game, people literally had to leave because they couldn't find seats. And, and like, uh, you know, I've never seen in softball before where, where it's hard to, that hard to communicate and talk to the girls. Like, they can't <laughs> hear, I can't hear. And what, just what a great environment, you know, with that uh, excitement. And I would like to shout out, you know, be, in, before we got there, uh, in the quarterfinals, we get to play. You know, SC4 was able to host uh, the quarterfinal game at Marysville Park. And what a, what a unique and cool experience that was to basically have a game in your – a home game, but in your city. And uh, just the support and, and the fans that we had for that game was just uh, amazing. You, you guys might have been warming up on one of the other fields, but the, the quarterfinal before you, the USA game, did you see the girl hit it over the big center field fence? <laughs> I, I heard stories about that one. So, and it was on the same day. It wasn't like With the wind later. blowing in. Yes, I heard that she just crunched the ball. Uh, and I did want to get uh, address those ones that you mentioned, the um, – Owasso's pitcher was just really, really good, you know, and, and just phenomenal. And so uh, for Kirsten, we, we got behind a bit in that game. And for her to, you know, just to crank that home run. And that field is deeper than what we played on the entire year. Like the game before when we played Chelsea, they had a couple off the wall that, that probably would have been out the rest of the season. And so uh, it's not easy to hit one out just on a regular fence, but it's definitely harder when it's deeper like it was at State. But so, uh, you know, Kirsten came through against a fantastic pitcher with just a three-run bomb, and we went from being down and not having any runs to being ahead, and just what a confidence boost that was for our girls. And then uh, I think it was the next inning, Callie just cranked one, and for her to be able to hit that to the opposite field is, is you know, a lot of people, their power early, especially just pulling the ball, but Callie's just a you know, student of the game hitting, and any any kind of pitching that she struggled with, she worked on it until she made it to a strength. And so uh, that was really cool to see her get a chance to go yard. I think it's just me because I went back and, and looked at the state website at the box mm -hmm. scores. Seven home runs hitting the semifinals and the finals in softball, and I saw five of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, if you were like an um, MLB player, you know how they get paid based on like their statistics and their home runs. They they would want you to come do every one of their games because you are the good luck charm by far. Or no, actually, I saw six of them. Yeah. Six of them. Wow. Which, so. Yeah. Um, real quick, last question. We've talked about some of the the bigger names in your lineup, but one of the reasons why you were so successful was the depth. The the fact that you really had 10, 11, 12 girls you could put in the lineup and be have a chance to win the game and that was the big separator you had girls I, I think the biggest one we talked about all year is Avery Woodard you put her on a lot of other teams in the area she's the leadoff hitter center fielder 
but on a talented team, she was batting ninth, basically your second leadoff hitter, and in left field. And you had a lot of girls like that. I just wanted to give you a second, maybe give them a little bit of shine because we might not talk about them as much, but that's a big reason why you did what you did. Yes, I I would uh, you know I'd like to mention like Kate Westmiller, our mm-hmm. second baseman, the play she made in the state finals, sliding on her knees across her body, that yep. was incredible. And just and just like her defense is you know phenomenal, and and uh, not only like the physical nature of making these plays and diving on her knees and going to the left and right, but just how quick and perfect you have to be with your hands to get these slappers out or these fast girls and. And she just never bobbles the ball or makes any kind of little mistake. And so just her defense was uh, incredible. And then uh, she was our leadoff batter, and she could just hit every kind of pitching. And when you can see somebody on your team show you that it's possible, uh, that just helps. And she did it. She, you know, she could hit every, every different kind of way. Um, sometimes she'd bunt it or slap it or hit it and, uh, you know, smash up the middle. But just uh, that, was, that was crucial to have her on. And then you mentioned – Avery Woodard, you know, to have Woodard and then West Miller together in, in batting order is, is just a, um, a big boost. And, and she did, you know, if she got the ball on the ground, you know, she was basically going to be safe every time. And she smashed one in the finals game that could have, you know, been a difference. The girl oh, made an amazing catch yeah, running towards yeah. the fence to snag that. We had people on base. I think Avery would have scored on that herself, too. Yeah, and that, that's an inside the park home run. We've talked about worst, that. Yeah. At worst, a triple. Yeah. And big credit to that girl for making that catch. But, you know, she could hit – she could – the Eagle defense came in and then she could smash it by you. Uh, I'd like to mention, the, you know, Megan Winston's play, her defensive play, like against St. Clair kind of was our springboard to even get to where we got to because uh, that game was still close. And we ended up winning by, a, you know, a comfortable margin by the end. But it was really close. St. Clair's best hitter was up and she smashed one right up the middle with two people on base. And Megan, you know, dove into the into the gap and flipped it up to Kate at second base, and that just changed everything in the game. And and so, what amazing play that was! And uh, and also, she ended up batting in a, in tandem with uh, Avery and Kate, and so just uh, we had three fast girls right in a row, which was which was really uh, unique. And then uh, obviously, Caitlin Kane in in center field, you know, she's making diving catches to the right, to the left, gunning the ball she in. She covers a lot of ground. I want to put West Miller, Woodard, and Kane in a race. <laughs> Not because I care who wins, but just because I want to see the tornado it creates. <laughs> yeah, you better, I was going to say, if you're standing on the side, you better not wear a hat as they, they come flying by you right there. Like, you, like, to put one in that left center gap is almost impossible. Like, you got to get it to the fence to get it between those two. For sure, for sure. They just cover a ton of ground uh, and together out there, and, and they're not afraid to – you know, put themselves on the line to make diving catches, whether it's going towards the fence or coming in. Uh, I would like to mention Avery Walters. You know, she's a freshman up there playing third base, and just her sure-handed defense was uh, just incredible. You know, you don't have much uh, chance to, to you know, to think about anything there. You've got to just be quick reaction, and she did a great job uh, uh, there, and she also smashed the ball for us. She had a great hit right down the line in the state finals game. and uh, Clutch she, hit in the quarterfinal. Yes, exactly. And she hit every every which kind of pitching that we saw. And then uh, Brandy Bassett out there in right field, you know, she she covered miles for us too. And and uh, she, you, know, you always felt confident when the ball was hit out there because she's just so great at reading the ball and, 
and uh, getting a good jump on it. And then at the plate, you know, she she's the one that got in base before, you know, Kirsten got her hit. And uh, she was really good at hitting to the opposite field and also hitting any kind of pitcher. She never gets phased out there, and she just knows how to play and has a ton of confidence. And I would like to also mention uh, Megan Lenarski, like in our – uh, regional final game, you know, we, we got up two runs on center line, and then the next thing they come back and they hit a two-run homer, and so they were a good team, and so <clears throat> what do you do in that? Most, a lot of times people could get their confidence shaken a bit, but Megan, not for one second. She just came out there and just pitched her game, pitched her heart out, and shut them down the rest of the way, and so uh, her ability to do that was just really key to our success. Yeah, she, she gave up a, a leadoff hit and then a two-run home run and then gave up one hit the rest of the game. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, threw a shutout in the district. Well, you threw three shutouts in the district, but she threw the, the middle shutout. <laughs> and, and speaking of which, and when you mentioned before, like the depth and, and how they support each other, when she wasn't on the field, like she, she was, you know, she was getting everything organized and, and all the little things that, that, uh, that you hear the chatter and things like that. Uh, she was, she was the one that, uh, was making that we knew what, what was going on, you know, let's just put it that way. So she, <laughs> she she's just really incredible teammate, whether she's on the field or not. All right. We're, we're, we're overdue to take a break. So we'll do that, but we'll Good talk conversations more. and, and, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit, uh, basketball, uh, too. Cause we want to, I, I want to, uh, to, Get your thoughts um, on the situation that you are unfortunately, I think, <laughs> put in in the districts. Um, but also, uh, I thought you had a really good team, and you're so young. What I think you, you lose one player off this team. So I'm excited for next basketball season, too. We'll be back. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. 
Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union, real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You can tell that uh, Brady and I haven't had a guest in a while because we're just <laughs> rambling and rambling and rambling with Coach Ratchie. Let, <laughs> let's talk a little uh, basketball because you guys had a, a really good uh, team this year. And I remember seeing you the, the first game, and you played PH, and they had just lost to somebody, and, and they were kind of upset, and they took it out on you guys a little bit. And it was your first game, and I came back to Brady, and I'm like, geez, I, I don't know who's going to score for Marysville this year. Like, I mean, they'll be all right. They'll play defense, and they'll play hard, but I, I, I don't know if they can make enough baskets to win enough games. And then as it turned out, Caitlin Kane's pretty good scorer. Uh, Miller was a pretty good uh, shooter. Uh, we love Avery Walters' uh, game. and Megan you, Winston Megan plays Winston. until her legs give out. Uh, Madeline Smith doesn't score but does little things that if you're not paying attention, you don't notice. Her hands batting balls away and forcing tie-ups uh, and, and uh, like – you were okay. You 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 were much better than that first game. Uh, and then as the season went on, you were pretty good. And then we realized that you guys, because by what, three students? Yeah, by a family, basically. <laughs> you guys were going to get bumped up to the district of death. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I just felt bad for you because I feel like if you're in D2, you guys win a district at least. I think you would have been in a district with Emily City, right? Yeah, em- uh, yeah Emily City is incredible. We played them in districts two years ago, and uh, uh, Caitlin Kane got hurt like the, in, earlier on in the district, and we didn't have her, but – uh, you know, they this year we're back to Division Two, and so uh, Emily City is definitely the favorite. They're they're really got a lot of seniors, and um, mm-hmm. they're really really strong. So we'll definitely have our work cut out for us. But uh, um, you know, yeah, we were the smallest school in Division One in the state of Michigan, and so it's one thing to go to D one, but then to go into the district that we were in, which was an extremely tough one. You know, teams from. You know, obviously they're big schools, much bigger than us, like Dakota, uh, compared to our enrollment. And but uh, three times the size. Well, basically. yeah, like and even even the the Four draw, like you know, it, at least you'd played PH, at least you'd played Northern. So like maybe if you draw them, you, you've at least got a chance. You know what you're getting into. But like you had to draw Anchor Bay right away, and I'd seen Anchor Bay play, and I knew what they had, and. Uh, Again, the, the worst what, team in that district, kids. Dakota, was good. <laughs> yeah, there's that's just uh, like a extremely extremely uh, tough situation uh, to play those teams, and so uh, you know whoever whoever's in there has they've kind of taken turns of who's going to have success. You know, PH has had a fantastic run through there lately, and before that, Northern, but uh, and then Dakota and Lance Cruz North was just incredible. You know, we played them uh, two years ago. Uh, right before we got to our districts and so just and anchor bay's got you know they fly around and got a tremendous length and so uh, there's no there was no games that were uh you know everyone was going to be just a daunting challenge and so but uh i thought our girls were were you know improving throughout the year and uh we were able to you know win our league and we had a young team um, and I even had a, a pause where I w- was out for a while, and then our whole team had a, another pause where they were all out. I'd like to give a shout out, Coach B, where you know came on and helped <laughs> us this year, and uh, he kept the girls going when I when I wasn't able to be there for a bit, and just really did an amazing amazing job uh, to keep them uh, you know headed in the right direction. And uh, we started uh, to play well, and then and we were young, we still had a lot to learn. And uh, you say the things you normally make it through in a season you know you can't you can't go to the next step until you get this first step down and so we we didn't go as many steps as what we had been in some other years but that was okay but we were still progressing and then that break didn't help us but uh you know such is life and <laughs> so at least I would rather been our boys you know they had a really tough district too but uh, our boys were the biggest school in division two we were the smallest one in d1 so <laughs> either yeah, one that was right the other the weird spot thing that like I get it because some schools have girls programs or don't have boys programs or vice versa so that's why there's a different amount of teams but yeah it was weird seeing the boys in D2 and you guys up in D1 and it was like okay come on someone use the eye test and use common sense they have 800 kids they've had this uh, basically the same enrollment for 10-15 years why are they playing a school with 3,000 kids why are they in a district with a, with 1800 kids yeah that's we we did our fair share of belly aching about that on the show yeah and it wasn't like that district needed another team no and i get it you want to have it my thing is you don't need to have equal amount of teams in the same district if there's more schools anyway we're getting off topic um (laughs) 
So the one thing about your team, and it's been like this as long as I've seen Marysville's girls basketball with you at the coach, they, you're going to be well-conditioned and you run up and down the court and you play relentless defense because you are just your team is almost always in better physical conditioning than whoever you're playing against. And that, I said that's a big credit to the girls, you know, because, you know, some of them, like say like a Reese Powers that's mm-hmm. coming from cross country and Lauren Wilson also, uh, I think they're the two that did uh, that sport. And, you know, some of them do like travel soccer and such uh, in the off season. So a lot of it is that they start in good shape and a good athlete should always be in good shape, whether they're in season or not. And so a big credit to the girls efforts uh, as far as that goes. And then, uh, you know, basketball is a really tough sport. You know, you're getting beat up there uh, by, you know, elbows and, and smashed into. And you got you to gotta play people that are small and quick and big and tall. And so, you know, it's not, it's not unusual for a little guard to have to go guard a, a post player on a time or two. And so, you know, the girls really impressed me of how hard they will work in practice. And if they play that kind of defense against each other, we know that's going to help us. Uh, in in our uh, actual games, and so I would just give the credit to the girls on that. They they take pride in being in shape and uh, working working together for for each other. And it's easier to push yourself when you do it for your teammates than if you're trying to do it for yourself. And so, uh, big credit to them. The 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 difference between the two sports you get a lot of the same girls playing both the sports that you coach. Is it easier to coach one over the other, or do you find the same challenges? Uh, I'd say they're good, different, you know, because if they were like so similar, it'd be kind of it'd probably be more difficult to do it. But uh, there's such a such a difference in the game and the way that you practice and the way that you prepare. They all they all are very time consuming, and um, you have to you know perfect various skills in a similar way. Uh, one thing that's a challenge about softball is. A lot of times you have a ton of games in a week, and so and this year we did have three basketball because of you know with COVID mm-hmm. that was a, a difference, but in softball like sometimes I fell into a trap and scheduled uh, too many games, and then what are you supposed to do? Like Wednesday you play, and if you didn't do great, like okay come back and try and do better on Thursday. But I like to have practices, you know, and so mm-hmm. the challenge of not being able to work on things is really difficult in softball. But it's great to be outside, and you know the game is just really uh, exciting and enjoyable uh, to watch. And then uh, you know basketball is you know just a toughness check, you know, and you can look back in your life and kind of see uh, you learn some things about yourself in basketball that you wouldn't learn in other sports. And so, um, and definitely you have to learn every skill. Like some other sports, you don't have to learn every skill, but basketball demands that you do. And uh, you can't get you can't get good at them unless you practice that relentlessly. So I just enjoy the challenge, you know, of of both of those, and I feel sorry for the girls that can't escape if they if they play both <laughs> with me. But I definitely enjoy spending time with them. Well, well, go ahead. I just I, he coach is is so laid back, and I was just trying to to think um, if I've ever seen you lose your cool in either sport Be, because you you can't do this. It, it's high school, and officials are human, and mistakes happen. <laughs> that doesn't stop, coach. But and it no, you're right, it doesn't. But I, I'm just I'm trying to think if I've ever seen you raise your voice at like really at an, an official in, in either game. Like 
I may have seen, You'll question like, the call, but I, I never see you yell at anybody. <laughs> well, I, I'm not definitely not perfect in that regard. I'm, I do try to be a good example, you know, for the, for the girls, of course. But, uh, you know, what probably the maddest I ever got was when I, one of the JV boys basketball games that I coached. And just, like, to try – whatever you do, whatever you can to try and protect your players. And so I, I'd say that's the most animated that I would have gotten is something <laughs> like that. And sometimes I just try and, like, ask them a question that there's no good answer to and rather than yelling at them. And then uh, just kind of see where that goes. And, you, you do know, the subtle mind trick. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, have you ever been teed? Oh, yes. Okay. Yep. Really? Yep. Okay. I, I haven't seen you get teed, and I definitely haven't seen you get tossed from a softball game. <laughs> no, I've never got tossed out of a game. One, one time uh, uh, Tom Valco was, uh, did an awesome job as an assistant for us in, the, in basketball, really helped put us, you know, and uh, raise our level of our basketball. And since then, you know, we've had a lot of success. You know, he had a lot of great knowledge and expectations, and so uh, I really appreciate his help. One game he got teed up as an assistant, and later on in the game, you know, Maddie, Maddie was like a little freshman playing. And she had a jump ball with this other really big girl from Southlake. And so they were, they were sharing the ball, should have been a jump ball. They didn't call it. And then the big girl, like, turns away from Maddie. And by that time, Maddie's like, like, like a, you know, a dog grabbing a toy. She's like a rag doll <laughs> flying around there. And then by the time they twisted away, she did, like, bump the girl. And the ref came up and said, you know, she's out of there because because of that foul is her fifth foul and I said no that was four fouls and a jump ball and I did get a tee up in that (laughs) it's always it's always the quiet ones that are the best ones you know how to say the right if you know what to say and you know the magic words to get that's a good one that's four and a jump ball. I saw saw two bookkeepers get technical fouls this past season Uh, and uh, and I won't mention which coach I saw get thrown out, <laughs> Coach McAndrews. Uh, <laughs> one, one, uh, one interesting one we had, we played uh, in – I coached the JV boys basketball. Um, I gave my scorebook to the other team, and the home book is the one that counts, and they copied our scorebook down. And then later on in the game, they subbed somebody in, and they had written our number wrong down in their book even though my book was right and we got mm-hmm. a t- we got a t for that one so that was probably my least favorite t that i ever had <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i made a mental note in case we ever need to get one on another team we can just no i'm just kidding. just, we, just we, change we, not, the we number. would never do that um i do want to ask you about this because this is something that's been a recent change how the state tries to seed the top two teams and at least the early returns when we've noticed the NPR calculator. I know Dennis hates it a lot more than I do. I think it's a thing where it has good intentions. It just doesn't work out well. Do you like it? Would you rather just have it the old way where, all right, everyone put their name in a hat and pick out and we're going to figure out the drawing? What do you think about that? Well, maybe in a perfect world, they would they would uh, kind of balance out the districts in the first place, you know, because mm-hmm. – there's some that everybody knows that uh, that there's two or three of the best teams that are, that would be in the regional or the quarterfinal or even the semifinal, and they play each other in the first round in districts, and that's unfortunate. I know that's part of the story, right, because you got to go face them at some one point or the other, but um, it would be nice to have a little more parity as far as that goes. And I think, I think they were switching it uh, for this year where they would go NPR beyond just the top two seeds. But, again, um, you know, 
I, I don't really have an exact opinion on it. I guess mm. the the idea behind it is good, but uh, putting it into practice seems like there's some something to be desired still. Yeah, and there'll always be a complaint about something. They might yeah. get it right with seating, but get it wrong with geography. People will be, well, why do we have to go over to here to do this when we could be right here playing with people that are, you know, a block away from us? Yeah, there'll always be uh, – Meatheads like us that yeah, yeah that, that get That's on what and, we're here for. yeah that get on and yell and complain. But honestly, the best idea might just I mean, randoms random for a district at least. You're gonna have to play them anyway. And, and okay, your last district withstanding. I mean, you've been through it a lot. There's usually what two on a good year, three really good teams in a district. Would you say in any given year? Yeah, I, yeah. Usually there's there's uh, one that's the favorite and then mm. several that are good you know or sometimes there's two that are really good and the and us the other ones don't seem like uh you know they're they be they would have a tough time you know challenging for that so uh, it definitely varies i would say i guess about so far as moving around the talent like it is kind of cool that you have to you know what you got to face and you know you have something that you got to shoot for every year and you de- uh, we don't always have them in our leagues anymore because we play teams from all over but you definitely have some rivalries build up in those districts so that's uh, unique absolutely all right we're going to take a break and then we'll uh, wrap things up with coach Ratchie in just a minute Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-87. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 918 
Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey along with uh, Brady Beaton and Coach uh, Ryan Narachi. And now we're, now we're just getting uh, into the, uh, the, 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 the juicy story. So oh, yeah. we know an actress and we didn't know it. Oh, I was – I was just uh, mentioning that uh, you guys on the break we were talking about uh, how good Algonac softball has become, and uh, they had a great season this year. And uh, big, you know, congratulations to Richmond. They I know they had a tough game with them in their district, and Richmond went all the way and uh, made it to the state finals and won. And we we actually went down and watched their semifinal game while we were while we were down that way because we played Thursday and they played Friday. So congratulations uh, to Richmond on a and Coach Stewart on a uh, championship year, awesome job. And uh, we just mentioned that uh, Coach Coach Perkins was telling me uh, nonchalantly this year that his, that his daughter is like an actress in Hollywood, and so that was a uh, interesting fact that I had didn't, yeah, didn't know did, before. And we yeah, talked no to Coach Perkins. I talk to Coach Perkins yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we also were talking about before this season, you and Richmond were always in the same district. If they didn't drop down to Division Three. A team that was a state championship caliber team would have lost maybe before the district championship. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, sometimes the district or the regional is is the tough, toughest game that you're going to face for, you know, it doesn't always necessarily go by the round. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. good. The farther you get, everybody's really good. But a lot of really good teams end up playing each other and going home on district day and, and so, uh, you know, we were we were with Richmond for a while in our district, and then before that, we seemed like we always ran to them at the at the regional level. And so, um, we've had a lot of good local, you know, softball uh, through the years. Marine City's been always really strong. St. Clair is up in the red, and their enrollment compared to the red. We talked about you know the disparity for our district in basketball, but St. Clair's enrollment, and then to go up there and be competitive in the red. They won the red one year. Coach Mon just does an awesome job with those girls, and uh, 
uh, they've had a lot of success. And so just, um, you know, Northern's had some really strong teams as well. So just the local softball has been a challenge. And so when all those teams are, are really good, you know, Emily City was awesome this year. Uh, then you know that, that it's going to be tough at the district level because these teams are local and you play local teams in your district. I just, you know, we, we've talked, uh, you and I, about mm. what a, how excited we were for basketball and what a great basketball season we had and, and how we thought these teams were going to be good. This softball season, when I look back on it, may have been one of the best ones we've had in the area. Just in the, the number of teams that were really good uh, and in and in the number of performers, like every team has three, four, five, six. In your case, I think twelve <laughs> kids that that really like went above and beyond this year. Well, and right now, well, this past season, I think you had three girls that were at least had the single season home run record, and three that had the all time. The same three had the all time or are gonna have the all time. Do you know was your home? what your home run record is or do you have any idea off the top of your head i, I, to, I don't know that off the top of my head gotcha yeah because but, I, uh, but I, I bet you set your team record like your total because everybody in your lineup seemed like they had three four five six home runs this year yeah we we and and uh you know some of the girls we try and get them the the ball you know if they if they're able to um to hit a home run and their first varsity home run try and see if we can you know, put a new game ball into the game and let them have that one so they can keep it. That and budget go up a little bit one, this year. <laughs> one of the coaches said, like, we know you want to give them the ball, but we need them to play. And I'm like, well, I put a new one in. I didn't want to – I'm not trying to slow the game down. But, but yeah, uh, we've had, we had uh, you know, several different girls hit a home run, and we had a couple other that – a couple others that didn't hit one that hit, hit multiple balls off the fence. And so, you know, they're, they're right there. They're, uh, they're coming. Uh, I, I forgot to mention before, but I want to talk a little bit about Anna Oles. You know, Anna, just her catching behind the plate was was just just managing the game was just uh, amazing, you know, and she doesn't have pass balls back there. She's a great demeanor with her pitchers. You mentioned how she go out and get, just kind of be a leader for our, our, our infield battery. Um, her and Kate Westmiller had just some amazing plays over at first, and multiple times we had uh, other teams get a leadoff runner on, for example, and – uh, they just had a, a great rapport with each other, and they were able to, you know, pick that girl off, and um, on a fairly regular basis, and that was just like huge for our games, and uh, and just hitting wise, you know, she went through a stretch where she hit like ten or twelve or fifteen foul balls in at bat, and she just kept battling. <laughs> well, later on in the in the in the season, she quit hitting any foul balls, and she just hit, you know, line drives, and she was able to smash one. Um, you know, deep in in the state finals, in the near the end of that game, and in our regional game, she hit one right off the flagpole, and and we were struggling to hit for a little bit, and then she came up and just smashed one out at center field, and so you know what a what a what a luxury to have, and then uh, you know Kirsten Smith on on the mound was incredible for us. Uh, she you know, we had a great defense behind her, but sometimes we'd have you know bases loaded or a leadoff double or triple and then she would just strand it there so her ability to shut down hitters was really good she was uh had just uh, the mentality like whatever happened we didn't make many mistakes behind her but if we did she didn't let it bother her one bit and uh she just went to battle on the mound it was really fun to watch her and then at the plate 
holy cow, her, her stats were so, uh, you know, eye popping this year and just her, her clutch hits, her, her two out RBIs were just amazing. And, and like I mentioned, like in the state finals, she kind of, we kind of went as she went. Sometimes uh, she just has a knack for getting the big hit in the big games. And she did that for us when we won districts two years ago as well. So really cool to see her do that. And then yesterday I got a chance to go to the senior all-star game and watch, you know, Kirsten was on the mound starting pitcher and um, she did a great job. And then Callie uh, Perrin played at first base and, you know, she, she smashed a double in the senior all-star game. Uh, Kate Westmiller was there. She, she also got uh, all-state honors and, and Caitlin Kane was actually at BCAM's best, uh, which is the top 100 basketball player. She, she, that's a, you know, similar to their all-star game. So well, what a what a contingent of Marysville girls that were getting honored yesterday. It was really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I'm actually, again, excited to when basketball season comes. I know it's a young team, but like I say, you get everybody back minus, I think, Hassan is the only girl not coming back for basketball. And then I think you'll be exciting again next softball season too. I know you lose uh, a couple of big names there. But I, I think you've got some young kids that are going to fill the gap, too, and, and be really like I think Avery Walters and Megan Winston will be stars for you next year. Well, I, I, for basketball, you know, Natalie's going to be quite a bit to replace. You know, she, she was our center and uh, just had been up there for multiple years. And so we're going to miss her, obviously, things that she does on the basketball court. She was a great help defender and a great passer and, and scorer. But just uh, her, her leadership has been phenomenal. So... Uh, it's, it's always tough, you know, when you when your seniors go, you think about I got to replace everything they did on the court, but just more how they help practices run and how they get everything organized and their leadership is always, I found, the bigger void. And, and we got a, a tough replacement, but we really appreciate Natalie's help throughout the years. And I want to give you guys a shout out earlier that you, you mentioned about basketball and they have no notes in front of them. And they're mentioning like eight girls on our team and, and <laughs> word for word the exact you know, positive contributions that they brought to the team. Uh, and we haven't played in months. And so, wow, what an encyclopedic knowledge. I'm just so impressed. He's ridiculous. He can bring up anything. You ask him about a hockey game from 2003, he'll tell you how it went. It's, it's crazy. But the one question I do have for you as we wrap this up, this year you were kind of the surprise plucky underdog story. Next year you're not going to have that luxury you're going to have that big red target on your back. How do you change in a mentality from, hey, go out there, let's go and do it? I know you said you didn't really try to pay attention, but you know every time someone sees Marysville on their schedule in softball, that's getting a highlighter, that's getting a red circle around it. You're going to get everyone's best shot next year. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely look forward to that challenge. You know, this year – uh, Coach Winston mentioned something similar to that when we beat Anchor Bay, you know, because like, people kind of pay attention and see like who who you're playing, and when you start to to play against these tough teams and and uh, do well or are competitive, then people are going to notice that. And so, uh, you know, we we welcome that. We know it's it's going to be tough every game, and um, you know you should uh, you should just embrace that. The having expectations is just a you know really. Uh, compliment to all the work that you put in to put yourself into to that, the previous success and so uh, you want to you want to do what you can to keep working for it but we have uh, you know a lot of you know great girls that are up for that challenge um, you mentioned a lot of good things about our our positive 
It's about our, the kind of teammates and girls these these were. But you know, everybody works hard in practice. But this year, I've had more girls that wanted to stay after practice and and keep hitting than what we've we've ever had. And and so just you know, this morning before I came here, we had some girls that were coming in to hit, and another girl's coming in later today. And so and I didn't try and ask the, any of these people to do that. They they want to come in on their own. They want to work. And so just uh, coaches will always sh uh, love to show up and be there when, when the girls are the ones driving that, they want to do that. All right, good stuff. Yep. It's good to get another person on there. Great, and a great time. We could have gone for, what, another hour if we oh, needed yeah. to. It was – I'm sure we'll be talking again soon, like, like you said, Dennis. Basketball season will be fun. Next softball season will be a lot of fun. And, yeah. So, thank you for coming on. We, we really appreciate it. we got to get sure you to coach something in the fall. You're a slacker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do. I uh, volunteer and do their fifth and sixth grade basketball and get those girls oh, there going you go. at that age. But we can do a, a middle school podcast if you ever start one of those. <laughs> but uh, thank you for having me on. I was uh, definitely honored to, to join you today and enjoy your company. And uh, like I said before, thank you for all that you're doing for local sports and uh, to have the professional magical touch for these high school people is something they're always going to remember and appreciate. So thank you again. Well, to, to coin your phrase, we just try to do it one well, broadcast at a time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure our listeners are happy they got another voice on this episode. We're, we're, we're just trying to win a jump ball here, Coach. Hey, <laughs> Sparky. I always like Sparky Anderson. <laughs> Ryan Ratchy, everybody. Uh, have a great weekend. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.